0: Welcome to The Thrive Show, where we offer you practical advice that can be implemented into your daily spiritual lives to help you build a thriving home and a thriving sphere. Thanks for joining us. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of The Thrive Show. We're, uh, we're glad that you could join us today. And uh, it's our mission here at First Church of Christ that you uh, thrive in your homes and thrive in your spheres. And the only way to do that is if you thrive in your relationship with God as well uh today i'm joined with our guest ken angle um ken and his wife jill have been uh part of the fcc family um since 1990 so going on 30 years here um and he's been an elder or is currently an elder here and has been for the last three years um so welcome ken thanks Thank for you. joining us good to beer um so um as I've already said, Ken's an elder here at FCC, and I wonder if you would like just walk us through that process of how you felt called to um, to that leadership role here at here at First Church of Christ. Sure.
1: Uh, started out, my wife and I have been attending Church of Christ for uh, a lot of years. Uh, we started out in a small country church uh, where we were involved. There, I was a, a Sunday school superintendent. Uh, there for several years and then we felt the need to uh kind of take a break and so we kind of checked out some other churches and decided to uh come to FCC here in Bluffton uh try it out uh so we uh came here as you said in 93 and kind of just took a break from doing anything didn't get too involved uh you know came and just uh Listened to the sermons and and uh, went to Sunday school classes. Uh, at that time, there were uh, Bible studies similar to our community groups we have now. But went to those and got to know some people. Uh, time went on and and uh, I saw that uh, we had uh, the ability to grow here and we wanted to be involved and saw a lot of uh, good men in with the deacons and the elders. Uh, Became an elder uh, probably after five or six years we have been here. Was an elder for six years and learned a lot about how FCC helps people, uh, how people, a lot of people are in need throughout the community and within the church. Uh, So through that, I uh, got to know a lot of the congregation. uh, And I saw a couple really godly men that I felt were great leaders as elders. Uh, one was Bob Sprinkle uh, and got to know Bob really well and saw his, the way he dealt with people and thought, well, that would be a great opportunity moving forward if I was ever uh, called to be an elder. I would like to do that. The other person, somebody you might know, was Ralph Gunner. and yeah. uh, A truly godly man and got to know Ralph real well. Served on a uh, education committee with him, and so, you know, through contact with Ralph and Bob, I thought, well, boy, these guys have really got going on. They, they know what it's all about, uh, seasoned veterans, and uh, they're willing to show other people uh, what it means to be a Christian. Uh I, I Ralph that. is
0: my grandpa, by the way, so if you,
1: <laughs> if you didn't know that. <laughs> and a great man, and I know Bob and one of the other fellows here at church would go and visit people in the nursing home, and uh, I could see their love for people. Uh, so the first time I was asked about being an elder, I was a deacon, and I, so I said, oh, would you want to be an elder? And I, Well, I've been thinking about it, but I'm not sure. I, I really kind of like the deacon thing right now. So I kind of passed and then uh, a little bit later on, uh, in three years down the road they I was asked again and I said, well, yeah, I, I would be uh, you know in tune to, to being an elder. I think one of the biggest things I've found in three years is that it's made me really humble. Uh, it's a humbling experience when you're asked to serve and, uh, you know, people look to you for maybe some guidance, uh, you know, the elder job is not, uh, not for the faint of heart. Uh, we don't always have people that agree with what we do. Uh, we're trying to do the best for FCC and for God, and uh, people have different opinions, uh, but we always measure what we do in an elder meeting and throughout the community, versus biblical principles, and so we're trying to we always measure against that. Yeah, I say we may not always uh, do things that people think we should, uh, but uh, we're trying to do the best for FCC. And I I, say I found that as a very humbling experience, and with mentors uh, like uh, Ralph and Bob and others that have been elders in the past, it's really helped me build my uh, relationship with God. One of the things that we've done over the last few years, and I don't know if the uh, congregation knows so much about this, but we've partnered with E2 Ministries from uh, Indianapolis. And it's a group of men that uh, have been elders at churches. One of the fellows is a minister, another professor and what they have done is built this ministry up to help, help elders, help teach elders. And we've been going through that. We've done a lot of reading uh, and watched some videos and been, been to a seminar. And that's helped a tremendous amount. It's helped the camaraderie among the elders because we, we need to have a, a crew that's, uh, you know, solid together. Yeah, I think we have that. And we're, we've worked well together. So the eldership, is as I say, it's not an easy task, but it's one that's worthwhile. And it'll make you grow as a Christian.
0: So, Ken, as uh, part of the responsibilities as an elder, um, is to care for the flock, um, um, the people under our umbrella, the people that we care for here as the First Church of Christ. Um And you had uh, the experience as part of that flock before you became an elder um, to where you you went through a situation um, where you had to have a triple bypass surgery, um, where you were a member of that flock that needed care for. Um, Can you just walk us through that situation and what that was like for you? Sure.
1: Uh, I kind of want to go back to when it all started, not to make it too much of a long story, but I uh, think it gives some background. Uh, we were walking on the trail one day, Jill and I, and and uh, felt pain in my chest. And I thought, hmm, something's not quite right here. So I went to uh, the doctor, and they sent me to a, a cardiologist. They did some tests and said, well, you've you've got some blockage. After they did an EKG, and I uh, think you may need to have a stent put in for this blockage. So. Uh, you know, okay, you know, so I go to the uh, to Lutheran Hospital and the uh, doctor there uh, went to put a stent in and he uh, uh, Couldn't get it in quite right. So he sends me out and he tells uh, Jill and I that well I think he needs bypass surgery. This was the first stent and uh, so uh, then he leaves for a little bit. He comes back in and he says, "Well, I talked to the heart surgeons and they said that I should put I should have put a stent in." Well, that didn't really set well with this doctor. He was overruled, and I could just tell. So he says, "Well, I, so I got to schedule another time to actually put that stent in." So he did, and and the stent was put in. I got along fine for several years. Still saw the heart doctor, algis. And uh, I remember every year, and it was probably, I think 2002, I had the stent put in. And then it went to about 2010. Every year I saw a cardiologist. I went on a uh, stress treadmill test. And I remember praying before every treadmill test, Lord, get me through this, you know. And he did. He, He was right there. You know, I could feel God's presence. And I thought at that time, boy, if you if you didn't have God in your life, how tough it'd be to go through these procedures and stuff. So anyway, I was doing good till about 2011 and uh, and I still felt fine. And the cardiologist says, well, I've seen some stuff in your EKG that uh, doesn't look quite right to me. So I want you to go have another heart cath. So back to Lutheran again, lo and behold, Nine years later, same guy, doctor comes in and, uh, he says, well, uh, he goes in, does the card, the, uh, heart cath, he's going to put a stent in. So he tells me, he says, well, comes out and he says, I couldn't get the stent in. I tried. Uh, I yeah. just couldn't get that stent in. he says, you're going to need bypass surgery. I said, well, okay, I'm here, you know? So, uh. He went ahead and, and scheduled that, and it, I don't know, there were, there were several people from the congregation came and talked to me, you know, and, and gave me encouragement, and, and uh, some I knew well, some I didn't know hardly at all, and that was the reassuring thing that people care about you, you know, uh, and I've been a kind of a kidder all my life, or a sarcastic person, I don't know, maybe a little bit of both. So uh, I,
0: I'm right there with you, by the way. Yeah, you know, good. good. <laughs>
1: so I thought, well, you know, uh, the one guy came up and he says, well, he says, uh, a good friend from the church. And he says, came up to see me. He says, I'm going to come up here for your bypass surgery, too. because he was there. And I said, well, I appreciate that. And he says, well, he says, you may not want to say something too much right now. He says, because number one, I didn't even realize you had a heart. <laughs> and number two, I figured it was black if you did have one So I, I, you know, I think, well, hey, thanks for coming, you know, and the encouragement. So, uh, but I recognized years before that if I was going to, you know, be sarcastic, I needed to recognize what it was and be able to take it coming back. So anyway, so we both kind of got a laugh out of that. And then the uh, the day of the surgery, the surgeon comes in and he looks at me and he says. Uh, You seem to be a little nervous. Well, uh, I don't know what made him say that, you know. Uh, Sure, I was a little apprehensive, nervous. I don't think so because uh, I knew God was by my side, you know, and right there with me. So I don't know if I said it out loud or if I just thought it, but I thought, I sure hope you're not nervous because <laughs> you're going to be holding the scalpel you know, and cutting me open. I, I hope you're not nervous. So anyway, uh, I had the surgery and uh, got along fine. Uh, they, anybody that's had bypass surgery, sometimes they'll take veins out of your legs to use to redo your, your veins. And, and that sounds kind of nasty, but uh, the worst part I had of, to recovery was actually from my leg because it was quite frankly like a two by four. It mm-hmm. was very stiff, so I had to do you know walk a lot, and exercise, and, and uh, after that, well, I uh, had people you know that I've known come up to me and say, "Hey, we're, we're glad you got long fine," uh, with support from the church and cards. That's what gets you through these situations, and I was really grateful for people to come and see me and talk to me. Uh, You know, people think, well, I, I go see this person, but I don't know what to say. I don't know how they feel, you know, and this, that, and the other. Well, I would like for people to just take that out of their mind, just going and being there. Maybe put a hand on your shoulder, hold your hand, and just say, hey, we're here for you. Can we pray with you? That's all you need. You don't have to grow with any profound theological background to give information. Just be there for people. And I think I found that out even more when I was on the calling ministry and going to see people in the nursing home. They just need somebody to talk to. But through the heart surgery, uh, I learned that it was great to have people uh, around you that cared and were willing to step out of their time frame, give time to you to come and see you. And I think that was that's what really uh, was good for me. And then another part I had later on, and not going too much, but I had prostate cancer. And that was after the heart surgery. That was about six years ago. And I had to have radiation for that. Lo and behold, I, I, they had announced it during church and Afterwards, I got up to, to leave the, the seat and there was three guys standing around me. Just like that, they'd had prostate cancer. Some of them still were battling it and uh, some had gotten through it. You know? So uh, it's been a couple somewhat major uh, things in my life from an illness standpoint that people came around me and helped and I say sent cards, came and talked to me you know, and, and now, through all of that that's built my faith in Christ and it's made it so I want to tell people others that may be in these situations if it's prostate cancer or it's heart problems yeah it's not a fun thing to go to you you're not going to put your name on a list to go through it if you don't have to mm-hmm. but if you do you will get out on the other side uh And people will help you through that situation. And I'm really thankful for people within the church that were, you know, able to come around me and help.
0: Well, that's good because one of our core values here at First Church of Christ is that we're better together, right? We're, um, no one can survive both their, their, you know, their, lives and their spiritual lives like they can't survive that on their own Um, so that's really a testament to what you know how the church can wrap um, wrap itself around each other when others are in need Um, um, not just in a community sense but in a real um, more um, spiritual depth sense being there for others when they're uh, when they're in need um, so I think that's a I think that's a really great testimony of how the you know how even before we established that as a core value how that right. it was already a thing right mm-hmm. um, but uh, is there any any specific advice um, that you could give to people watching now who that maybe. I know you already said, like, step out of your comfort zone, things like that, but is there any specific advice that you can give um, to to anyone out there um, on how they can maybe take that step to being there for others when maybe it's not like, like I said, maybe it's out of their comfort zone?
1: I would say that uh, a lot of times you see people in need uh, and recognize, well, gee, you know, I've, I've been kind of through that, and uh, maybe I should go talk to them about that and tell them, been there, done that, got the T-shirt type thing. Uh, but we've become reluctant to do that because uh, we may not know how that's going to be received. Uh,
0: that's been a kind of shift in the culture, I think. Like, you know, if you think back, you know, decades ago, like, Stepping out of your comfort zone. Like, I mean, it might not have even been out of your comfort zone. Like, just to go talk to someone and, you know, be there for someone. Ask how they're doing. Like, now I feel like we have this, like, reluctance as just, not just the church, but, like, as a society of, like, oh, I don't want to impose myself right. yeah. on you. Um, but that's not the way the church should be, right? right? I mean, we should be, like, we should be able to, like, you know... Offer that um, offer that help to people in need without fear of like imposing. Because judging from your testimony, you know, would you have felt imposed upon? It, I mean, you didn't. Obviously, you didn't. People you didn't even know came to you, and you felt grateful for that. Did you? You didn't feel imposed upon by people like just being there and surrounding you, right? Right. Yeah,
1: I, I felt that. You know, I had a need for people to. to People to show they cared, you know, and and they did that, and they, they stepped up, and I think uh, people really need that, especially now, because with the uh, the age of the cell phone and Facebook and other things, we don't have uh, the contact with people that we used to one on one. We don't have those conversations at the coffee shop, uh, and and we need those to uh, communicate to people. Otherwise, we We become kind of stagnant and somebody talks to you, you almost jump because you're not used to that uh, kind of uh, atmosphere between people. Uh, I I think that uh, if you see somebody that's in need, uh, not to belabor the point, but do step out of your comfort zone. You know, some of us are, are, some people are introverts, some are extroverts, some people want to talk all the time, some don't. And that's fine. We're all built differently. But I think as a church, we need to recognize that there's a lot of people in need, believers and unbelievers both, that we need to communicate to and tell them that we care. God cares. He's here for you. And the situation you're in uh, may look pretty sad, pretty tough. But uh, he's right there with you. He's got his arm around you, and he'll take you through that. He, he's always there. Uh, so, better together. I think as a church, that's one of a great core value for us. We've seen that a lot. I have, and my wife has through our community groups, uh, where we're able to open up and uh, share things that you, you might not. And the community group, the building together, comes about through trust. Is you recognize it in this group, uh, it's not going to go any farther, mm-hmm. unless you want it to. If you want what I would call corporate prayer, that that's fine. You know, it's one of the things we do in the elder uh, meetings. We have prayer, uh, specific prayer for individuals, and but we need to know that that person needs prayer. So on the flip side of the coin, if people know somebody needs prayer, tell us, tell the elders, call call the church office and, and let us know that because we want to lift people up in prayer because we want to, as we said, build people together. It's done through community groups. It's done through people talking in the hallway. Sometimes I'll, you know, if you see a new person, and it's kind of for me over the last few years has been something that I've kind of tried to do is talk to a new person I see. Now they may have been going to second service, and I just didn't see them. Mm-hmm. You know that, yeah. that's very well. And you may come across that, and I've—that's happened to us. Well, that's you know, happened to
0: me too. And yeah. I'm on staff, so I, you know, but, <laughs> uh, I know I've been coming for weeks. So sorry, I I, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> You've yeah. been
1: coming here for two years. That's second <laughs> yeah. service. Oh, okay. But what sometimes what I try to do is to see an inroad. It may sound kind of silly, but if I see them walking in with little kids, you go, where are your, your kids, at? where do they go to school, what kind of sports are they, and, you know, you break that barrier, you know, because, the person coming into the church, maybe for the first time, is probably just as nervous as you are, or maybe more, mm-hmm. you're kind of confident, you've been there, done that, you're talking to your buddy over here, drinking a cup of coffee, they're coming in wide-eyed, and it may be the first time, they even came to a church, period, mm-hmm. so that, First-time impression, that reaction that they get from you, is paramount in bringing people into church, so that we can help them build together with us. So I, I, I really like the, uh, you know, the hallway talk. Yeah, I think it helps.
0: So Ken, um, if you had um, some advice to give someone who's maybe like on the fringe, um, not fully plugged in here at FCC yet. Um, do you have any advice that you could give someone to get them more connected uh, with uh, and thriving in their lives, but more connected with their FCC family here?
1: Yeah, I would say uh, definitely to get involved with ministry teams uh, because you're going to find that there's a lot of ministry teams out there that need help. Children's ministry, uh, you know, helping hands. Uh, making meals, calling on people. Uh, There's just a proliferate of of ministries that need help. Uh, You don't have to, uh, you know, get on the stage. You don't have to get up in front of the congregation to do those things. There are things that need to be done, and you will be rewarded for that because you're going to see a lot of what the inside of the church is like, how people come together and help each other, and you're going to feel a lot closer to God through those people. And you're going to feel a camaraderie come around you and be involved with your family as well as you bless others. And I think one thing for the church, we need to be better together through working in these ministries and recognizing that's going to bring you closer to God, probably bring your family closer together. And uh, you will definitely benefit from uh, working in ministries for FCC. I think you' you'll be blessed beyond measure through that.
0: Well, yeah, um, aside from being better together, um, you know what we really want uh, from you guys is um, to thrive again in your homes and in your spheres um, and uh, with your relationship with God. Um, and the only way to do that sometimes is to step out of your comfort zone. Um, and uh, it's our hope, it's our prayer as staff, as elders, that um, you guys do that. Um, you guys help care for um, each other and um, just be better together. So thanks for joining us on this episode of the Thrive Show. Thank you, Ken, again. Thank, for you. Coming and joining Thank you for us. having me. Appreciate uh, it. Yeah, we appreciate you as well. Um, You guys have a good one, and uh, thrive. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Thrive Show. Our vision at the First Church of Christ is to build thriving homes and thriving spheres, and that can only happen with a thriving relationship with our God. Now, if you want a fun and interactive way to get your household thriving in all those areas, you're definitely going to want to check out this new game that we've created. It's called The Thrive Deck, and it's available now. To play the game, simply draw a card from the deck once a week and do whatever the challenge says. If the challenge doesn't apply to your household, do the option instead. And if the challenge isn't quite challenging enough, then you have a bonus option you can do as well. Each card has a designated challenge based on one of three different categories. One focuses on your home. These challenges are designed to help you thrive in your household, whether you live alone or with a spouse or with children. Another category emphasizes your relationship with God by offering new ways to encourage growth in your personal spiritual life. The last category prioritizes your relationships within your personal spheres of influence. These cards might challenge you to step out of your comfort zone with friends, coworkers, or acquaintances and help you all thrive in your relationship with God. So are you up for the challenge? Visit the FCC Welcome Center to purchase yours and keep thriving in your homes and in your spheres.